In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Christ is in our midst. He was, and is, and ever shall be. This morning, this parable of the rich fool teaches a primordial spiritual truth that every prophet spoke of, every book of the Bible speaks of, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. This is the primordial, basic, biblical, and orthodox Christian teaching. And this is it. Do not be obsessed about gathering and holding on to material wealth and worldly matters. Now, before we proceed, we need to make note. This is not a dualistic teaching as the ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans taught. The ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans taught that matter was in itself bad and evil, and that it was the spirit part, the, the ultimate truths and virtues that was the most important part. The body was bad, and the spirit was good. We're not talking about this. That is not the Orthodox Christian teaching. That is not the Jewish teaching, and that is not what Jesus would have understood and, and not what Jesus would have taught. The Jewish and Christian biblical understanding is that yes, these material things, these blessings are good. They're God-given. We can enjoy them. We can use them for their proper use and, and enjoy them. But the biblical teaching is to hold on to them lightly. Not with a death grip, but with the fingertips. To let them go lightly because After this world, after our life in this world, these things that we want to have and acquire have no meaning to us. So enjoy them, thank God for them, accept them as God-giving blessings, but wear them lightly because they are of extreme limited value. Now, there's an Old Testament book called Ecclesiastes. And it's written by King Solomon, who asked for wisdom, and God gave him to be the most wise man in the world. And he made some observations about worldly goods. And he was also a very wealthy man. He's the one who built the the first temple in Jerusalem, and he built it with the, the best of everything. And he had this observation. He says that uh, whatever a man works for, Whatever he builds up, when he dies, someone else is going to get it who did nothing to work for it. And about this, he said, the famous part of Ecclesiastes, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Now this word vanity in Hebrew is called hebel, vanity. And it has the connotation of a vapor, Something that's like the mist in the air. Or a bubble. Even the word hebel kind of sounds like bubble. Something that comes and goes. So he's describing what the things that many people in this world want and crave for, material goods, are just vanities. They're going to disappear and have no meaning when we die. Now, don't be depressed about this. Instead have a proper attitude about these material things. Again, enjoy them, give thanks to God for them, but do not obsessively cling to them. 
Now we come to this parable, this parable of the rich fool. There's a context behind this parable. The context is that a man came to Jesus, who was the rabbi. In those days, the rabbi were the ones who would mediate conflicts and make decisions like a judge between people. And this person came to Jesus and said to Jesus, Rabbi, make my brother give me my inheritance that belongs to me. And Jesus said to him, Take care to guard against all greed. Though one may be rich, one's one's life does not consist of possessions. Let's say that again. Take care to guard against all greed. Though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. Again, Jesus is saying, do not make possessions the basis of our lives. Do not live for possessions. Bear them lightly on our fingertips. Do not let possessions make us hate our brother. And do not make, let possessions be especially cold to anyone, especially to God. And then after saying this, then he teaches this parable of the rich fool who had a plentiful crop. He went and, and he went and decided, what am I going to do with this plentiful crop? He decided among himself, himself I'm going to tear down my old barns and I'm going to build older barns. Now Jesus was giving another, this is an economic parable. And Jesus was teaching this to people. And when they heard it, Jesus didn't have to explain to him why it was foolish and why it was crazy to tear down old barns and build new barns. And when we thought about it, we would probably come to the same idea that it's foolish. This man's assuming that this plentiful thing is going to happen all the time. It's going to happen in the future. He thinks that these things belong to him. He's not going to give them or share them with anyone else. And to the ears that heard this, this would have been lunacy. So he tells this parable. And so in the, the response to this overwhelming blessing, this man says, what shall I do? And this rich man falsely assumed that whatever came would belong to him and that he would always receive them. But this man is an icon of greed. He's an icon of selfishness. He is an icon of a person who was blinded by the obsession to keep and get more and more physical, material things. And that was somehow, that would be his life. And so Jesus has the Lord and the God in this parable speak, speaking to this rich fool. And he says, you fool, this night your life will be demanded of you. And the things that you prepared, to whom will they belong? Again, he's, Jesus is mirroring what King Solomon said. The things that you labor and work and work and work for, those great businesses, all that all that durable property that you want to have, all those houses and businesses and cars and machines, all those things you labor for, they're going to belong to other people who did not work for it and probably do not deserve it, and they're going to be scattered eventually among many, many people. So the point that Jesus is making is this. Because Jesus is not just referring 
to physical life when he says, what does your life consist of? Jesus is talking about the meaning of life. When God asks of our soul, which he will, every one of us here, what are we going to show for it? Are we going to show big barns? Big, are big things of suffering? I noticed on the Interstate 5, they're building more and more storage units for people to keep all their stuff. Are we going to present these things to them? The man in the parable, all he could show were his bigger barns. In other words, he could take, no, take nothing of his own efforts to heaven, but all he cared about were bigger barns acquiring more and more stuff. So Jesus is calling us to take an inventory. Jesus is calling us to ask ourselves, what do we value most in our life? He's also asking us, how do we define our lives, not just with our lips, but in our acts? When we die, what are we going to show? Are we going to show the eternal things that are akin to God's own life, to generosity, to mercy, to compassion, to love? These are the things that we develop in this world and take with us into the next world. Or are we going to show all of our garages, all of the things that we have stored in our garage? I think that there is a, there's a, a rule. Every single item that has gone into the garage has never made it back into the house. And every item that has been into the garage in time will end up in the garbage can outside on that day of the week, it's going to be taken to the dump and put in there. Is that what we're going to have to show for our life? Is that what we think our life is defined of? I don't think so. I think all of us here are Orthodox Christians and we understand and we live this life and we are, all have been blessed with many things and we enjoy them and we give thanks to God. But we have a longer view we have the eternal view of the heavenly kingdom that God himself came on earth to teach us and that we strive for those things. Enjoy the blessings that he has given us and God has blessed me and my family so much as well. But let us not be obsessed with them. Let us hold them on with our fingertips. Be ready to let them go and prepare for the world and the eternal kingdom to come.